Welcome to the LSAT Habits Podcast, where in each episode we present key habits you can master to study smarter, save time, and raise your LSAT score. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Letters of recommendation. So there's a lot of misinformation out there. um, And a lot of fears people have when they're applying to law school and they're uh, considering letters of recommendation, who to ask, how to get them out, what's involved. So the goal of this episode is to demystify a lot of that, make your life easier. So if a school does require recommendations. Generally, it's about two. Uh, some some will allow for more, right? But just because they allow for more doesn't mean you have to. Um, a few points I really would like to impress upon you. Don't sweat it, I suppose, is the number one. Seriously, don't overanalyze this. Don't worry too much about this. <clears throat> the reason is because Letters of recommendation do not play a major role in admissions decisions. Now, okay, let me clarify this. Generally, generally, um, I've mentioned it in a few previous episodes, but to revisit again, just to give you a general idea of this, right? The bulk of your admissions is decided based on, right, two factors, GPA, LSAT, GPA, LSAT, combined GPA and LSAT, I'm just going to give you a rough estimate, and it depends on the exact circumstance, but anywhere between 70 to 90% of your application or your chance of admission is decided based on GPA and LSAT. So good news or not so good news. Um, And if you've, you know, listened to my podcast in the past, right? Like my GPA was not as high as I wanted it to be. So I worked very hard to make up for it with a higher LSAT score. And <clears throat> if you've got a great GPA, excellent. Let's ma- maximize that LSAT score. If you don't, then, you know, maximize that LSAT score to, to do everything you can to shore up your chances like I did. But right, the remainder of it, so if I said, I said, you know, again, right, I'm just trying to give you rough numbers here. Please don't hold me to this. There's no perfect formula, right? But 70 to 90%, what's left over? 30 to 10%, right? That's your application. And, you know, I would say biggest part of your application, personal statement, perhaps a diversity, right? Letter or supplemental material, but largely personal statement. There are certainly other factors, um, but... Letters of recommendation, very tiny sliver. Now, let me be very careful here to to be accurate, right? Like, I don't mean to say that they don't matter. I don't mean to say that in some circumstances they may not play a role. But the truth is, right, you want to prioritize your energy and your time and your effort on where it counts. The bulk of this LSAT GPA, right? Then personal statement and some other parts of it. Letters of recommendation are not huge. And so the reason I'm hammering this home is not to say 
to um, dismiss it or discount it. I'm certainly not saying that, but I don't want students out there to overanalyze this and exhaust way too much time on this and then have it um, jeopardize other parts of your application that play more factors, right? So the play more of an influence. So that's what I'm trying to impress upon you. Um, a couple of points here. So, <clears throat> okay, we established that they're not a big part of your application generally. Um, I think though that I guess in the process of admissions I've seen, I see people get themselves into trouble here. Here's what I mean by this. It's a small part of your application generally, right? It's a sliver. I think, you know, and again, I don't want to speak for everybody, but a lot of schools, right, because they put so much weight into other stuff, they also know that there's some level of self-selection to this. Largely, you don't know exactly what they're going to write, but you're picking your recommenders. So you're going to pick people that can speak well of you. So that's part of why um, schools probably don't put as much into it. Um, Right. So, you know, again, spend your time, pick people that work well for you. Right. But here's where I think here's where I think people get in trouble. They often overanalyze it. They worry about it. And then they let the perfect be in me of the good. And then, right, there's this idea of procrastinating because everything's got to be perfect. I got to find the right way to ask them. And I've got to find the perfect person to ask. And I got to have it in and all this other stuff. And you build it up in your head. And then, right you kind of procrastinate. And I don't want students doing that because here's the issue. Um, yes, it's not a major part of your application, but if, if letters of recommendation are required, you're at, you're, you know, if you put that off and then you, you say to someone, hey, I need a recommendation. Oh, by the way, I need it next week. If you could do it sooner, that'd be great. That's not going to work very well. Right, so you want to plan this in advance. And again, my, my, my thing is just having done this for a while, I've seen students understandably focus on other parts of the application, rightfully so, right? Um, or procrastinate on this, which I don't want you to do. And then, oh, oh shoot, I got to get these letters of recommendation in. And then something that's not as a big of a deal becomes a burden because then you're hustling to try to get it in. And then you're putting yourself in an awkward spot, talking to a recommender, trying to get them to get in sooner. So here's the thing. Plan it sooner. Plan it sooner. Um, I'm going to give you some guidelines here on how to organize this. So we talked about these different aspects here, right? Like the good news is, right, these don't count for a ton. You know, get someone who you can who can speak well of you, um, right? Don't hurt yourself by waiting for the last minute and then that delays things. That's another thing you've probably heard me discuss in previous episodes, and I'm serious about this. You really want to take advantage of, right, like rolling admissions, gets these, things, gets these things in sooner. Every once in a while, I'll run into a student who has done everything, and then it's like, oh, shoot, I, they require two letters of recommendation. I, I held off on that. Um, that's, that's the thing here. You want to be proactive about this. Now, right, the good news is with all the things you have to do, you're not writing these, right? Like this is someone else's work. They've got to write this for you. This is one thing where it's like, okay, cool. I have to study for the LSAT. I have to work on my personal statement. I have to do all this other stuff. But, I, you know, someone else is going to do the bulk of the work here. So that's good news for you. They're writing it, right? But at the same time, it's your responsibility. 
And I like to think of this as you're largely shepherding. You're largely shepherding the letters. So, right, like, even though you're not writing this, this is them writing it, you could focus on the other aspects of your application. You are responsible for getting them to give you the 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 letters in time. And, right, as you're probably familiar, you're, you're uploading these to LSAC, and then LSAC will allow you to assign them when you apply. But you need to have this done. And the reason you need to have it done soon is because you have to um, give them their links through email via LSAC. And if you're not familiar, if you take a look on there, it's pretty self-explanatory. Right? But you have to give that to your recommenders. Make sure they have it, and then they upload their letters to LSAC. And then it might take a little bit of time to process before it's ready, and then you can send it. Right? So um, you need to have that done, and you need to give them time to write these things. So largely, this is shepherding. Right? You're shepherding these letters. You're shepherding the people that are recommending it for you. Now, remember, they're doing you a favor. Even if they really like you, you know, they've got other things going on in their life. They have jobs, teaching, right? So be, be courteous to them. Give them adequate time. Um, but let me give you some guidelines for this. One, cast a wide net. What I mean by that is, right, let's just say two letters of recommendation required, which is, I've seen, I think is pretty average. Ask four people, maybe five, right? Even just because you don't know, and ask someone in advance, we're going to get into that in a moment, but you don't know if someone's just going to have an emergency or they're going to fall through. I've seen this happen so many times with really great students and it, you know, life happens and you, they have a great letter coming and then, you know, maybe the recommender has a family emergency. Seriously, it can happen. Or good people sometimes, they just get busy. You know, if they're a really, if they're a professor, they probably get tons of these requests. Even if they have a good relationship with you, they might just get bogged down. They have other obligations. So um, I'd rather you have a buffer. So if you're going to have two you want to send in, at least ask four people. And you'd be surprised. Sometimes you think someone that's going to write you a great letter of recommendation, sure, they probably will, right? But then there are people you might think, gee, I don't know if they remember me or if they even want to or if they're going to write me something good. And I've been surprised. Where, oh, wow. You know, they, they were happy to write it, got it in early. So you never know, but cast a wide net. So, I mean, the more the, the, more the better, right? Don't go too crazy, but... You know, again, right, if you got two you're trying to get out, try to get at least four asks in because you don't have to submit everyone. You get to, let's just say you even upload all four. Let's just say you upload more than four onto onto um, LSAC site, right? You can pick the two people you want out of that four or five or whatever, right? But I'd rather you have more options than, you know, fewer and, and be screwed, right? So cast a wide net. Give them ample time. Um, I think a minimum of one month would be ideal. And I say that, you know, you, they, they don't need a month to write it, right? But like that way you're just giving them more time rather than one week. You know, and that, that can happen, but I'd much rather you give them one month. Uh, two weeks might be fine, but I'd rather you have more of a buffer. And even with a month, like if, if it could be more than a month, cool. Like, right, like if you're, you're going to be applying in six months. I would still rather you reach out now 
and just have it done with because you know this is largely that's one less thing you have to worry about when it gets closer to the admissions right but at least try to get a month you know don't worry if you're listening to this i think two weeks is fine i'd really be worried about you doing one week i'm sure it's fine you could do it but i'd rather you not be in that position and have to really sweat things right so at least two weeks i would love to see you do a month now let's just say you're doing a month you asked him, say, hey, can I have it from you a month from now? One other thing that I recommend, and this is just the human nature, right? Like if you need it a month and a half from now, I would say a month uh, just because you want more buffer, right? Like um, if you need two weeks from now, and you know, you're not being disingenuous. You just you have your own internal deadline. But just so you have it, give yourself as much of a buffer as possible. Okay, so let's just say, yes, yeah, say, hey, I want can, – can you – can you write this for me a month from now? It would be great if you get it to me about a month from now. Um, and again, I think that's reasonable. Um, if you have more time, great. But let's just say you say a month. Okay. Follow up. This is why I call it shepherding. Follow up with gentle reminders, friendly reminders. If I ask them a month, I don't know if I would wait the next week after and just remind them like a week after. Maybe you know, a, a soft reminder, like maybe not even reminding them, but just saying, hey, just checking in to see if you need anything, you know, gently remind them it's going to be at this point X number of weeks. Um, definitely if you ask them a, a month out and then two weeks roll by, two weeks, hey, just a friendly reminder, you know, coming up next week, coming up two weeks from now. Um, if you have any questions, please let me know. I really appreciate you doing this for me. But again, friendly reminders, right? Just, just an email. You know, and you could even, I don't know, if depending on some of your emails, you might be able to send up, uh, set out like uh, schedule an email to go out or something. I don't know. Right. But just shepherd them. Right. You're, you're, you're making sure, because again, they're doing you a favor. They have other obligations. You want to respect them and you do it. And again, you're doing, you're doing them a favor. If you remind them, if someone asks me to do something for them and I'm taking out time to do that right outside of stuff I normally do. I don't mind a friendly reminder. In fact, I appreciate it because I've got other things going on. Ideally, I have it on my list and everything, but you're doing them a favor if it's a gentle and friendly reminder. So again, right, like I really want to emphasize this. Just because you ask them, hey, can you get it to me for a month from now? And they turn around and say, oh, yeah, a month from now, I'll have it for you. You're not done. You're not done. And it, it's not fair to them, right? They have other things going on. They're doing you a favor. You're, it's still on you. It's still your responsibility. You send them a gentle, friendly reminder every week or so, or, you know, at the two-week mark or something, at the halfway point. Um, and they'll appreciate it, right? Like, you're not – don't do it in a nagging way, obviously. You know, be respectful and tactful, as I'm sure every, everyone knows how, right? But – they know, right? They're, they're in the same situation, just like you. They're human, right? Just you have other things going on. If someone, if you're going to do something, someone wouldn't, you wouldn't mind a gentle reminder. You're doing the same thing. But here's the bottom line. You're not done just because they agree to do it a month from now. They have other things going on, right? The truth is it's probably not at the top of their list because they have bills to pay and families and lives. So please just remind them every few weeks or just periodically, right? Um, okay. Now, another point that's super important. I think sometimes we, we, they're going to write it. 
and you want to give them freedom to do it, right? But in terms of asking them for guidelines, right? Like one thing I just let's I think it's better to let them do what they want to do, but things to avoid. Try to avoid them uh, rewriting your resume or quoting back your you – know, you, sometimes, oh, can I see your resume? Maybe they really like you and you got a great grade in their course, but it's been a while or something. And then they're basically, oh, I see that they're in, they were in the Blue Key Club or whatever. They'll quote your activities, and I see that they had a wonderful GPA. Yeah, we don't need your recommenders to tell that to – to the admissions committee. The admissions committee has a copy of your resume. So try to avoid, if you can, try to avoid giving them a copy of your resume, even if they ask, you know, I mean, if you have to, you know, give them what they need, right? But if you if you do need to give it to them because they request it and you're trying to, you know, comply, just, just say, hey, listen, I really want them to know what you think of me in your own words, you know? Um, another thing I would recommend is try to avoid sharing your personal statement with them. That's another thing, right? I've heard people do that. Your personal statement's your personal statement, right? Like, and you're probably still working on it, netting it, perhaps, right? So the big thing is the admissions committee is going to see your personal statement. They're going to see your resume. They don't need someone to reiterate it to them, right? They want to know how these, these people know you. So keep that in mind. Now, th these are rare things that a, that a professor or a potential recommender or an employer might ask for. Um, but just try to avoid it. Let them know. Tell me, tell them, tell them, listen, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be long. Just be real. Tell them how you know me. Tell them ideally the positive things you think about me or and, 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 you know, another thing, anything that can, it's one thing to say these things, but, you know, if they ask you, right, like, if, 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 um, if they can, it's one thing for them to say, oh, I like these, these attributes of this student, right? But if they have, um, a way of supporting it or, you know, perhaps, you know, anecdotes or examples of, of how you demonstrate these things that they're saying, but again, right, don't worry about this too much. Um, I think that you know again admissions committees know that you're going to um this is there's an element of self-selection to this obviously and you're going to pick people that know you and like you and so they're going to be positive right so what i'm really concerned about is you getting this out right and just shepherding them and then again think about this you're if you're doing this you're probably in the middle of either getting your application ready working on your personal statement and or studying for the lsat and other things you've got going on so the good news is, again, like I was saying before, you're not writing this. They are. But you are shepherding this. So if you're studying for the exam, for the LSAT, or you're getting other stuff done, hey, listen, just you know, put something on your calendar to remind them. Hey, you know, Tuesday at 10 a.m., send out a reminder to my recommenders. And go ahead and do that. Just a quick email reminder, gentle, friendly request. Um and that's the gist of it, right? So th the reason I'm emphasizing this is because, again, you don't want to be caught at the end and being like, oh, my God, I got to get those recommendations out. I want to have my application in next week. But I didn't even ask for these letters, right? Just plan this in advance um, and just send them reminders. Assume, assume that they're human and they've got other things going on, so they're going to need reminders. Assume that 
they might even need more time. They're human too. So, right, if you need it six weeks from now, ask for it a month in advance. Um, or you know what I'm saying, right? Like bottom line, give <laughs> I hope it's coming becoming clear. Give yourself a buffer, right? If you say, oh, it's due by September 1st. And it's really due by September 15th. Cool, right? Try to get that in. Give yourself a, a buffer, right? Um, a couple of notes. So if you're in college now or you have someone who you are taking a class with now or recently, it's not too early to ask, um, provided you've done most of the course with them, Um Right. Instead of like, okay, let's just say I'm a sophomore in college or a junior in college and I'm going to be applying five months from now or X number of months from now. Um, I would rather ask now if you've, if you're finishing up a course with someone or by the time of listening to this, right. Or um, if, uh, if, oh, there was a teacher from a year ago and I'm going to be applying six months from now, right. Ask sooner because these things get uploaded into LSAC and they're stored in their database. So you can have, even if you're going to apply two years from now, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to wait a few years, but I, I know I've got this teacher I'm with now who we have a great relationship and I'm going to ask and I just finished the semester. Ask them now and have that uploaded into LSAC's um, profile for you, right? Because that way it's there and you don't have to bug them later on. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if, oh man, I shoot, I'm getting ready to apply this cycle, but I haven't seen these teachers and these professors in two years, or if you're non-traditional, and I was non-traditional, by the way, oh, an X number of years since I graduated five plus years ago, it's okay. There's a way around that. You'd be surprised at how many professors might remember you. A um, couple of points, especially if you're non-traditional, they don't all have to be academic. Now, look at the rules of the school, but generally, they don't all have to be academic. My rule of thumb is, though, try to have at least one academic. And let me clarify something else about academic. So we're thinking professors when we always say academic. Okay, cool. But um, TAs, teaching assistants, or if, if you're in the Cal system, GSIs, right? Like uh, teaching assistants or GSIs, they are fair game. You can ask them. Um, in fact, they often know you well. Now, if you went to a small liberal arts college, you may not have a TA. And that's great because you probably have a smaller class sizes and a better relationship with professors so they can speak more to you, right? But if you were in a university, even a medium-sized one, often you might have a teaching assistant and you might know them better than the professor and they could speak well of you. They're fair game. You can ask them. I did. Worked out well for me. So don't be shy about asking teaching assistants. They're fair game. Um, now, Professional ones are great too, right? Someone who knows you well, who can speak well of you. Cool, right? If it was someone at a job or an internship, I would generally say, you know, again, these don't count for a ton, as I was saying before, right? Letters of recommendation are a small sliver of this. But if for some reason it's like, oh, I interned at this big place and I know this person, they're kind of famous. Okay, right? If they could speak well of you, fine. I'd generally rather see someone who knows you well, even if they're not famous or whatever. At the end of the day, these are such a small, these are such a small sliver. So don't analyze this stuff. I'm just trying to address some questions people have. Quality over quantity, quality over big names. Um, again, these are small slivers. 
of the application. But bottom line, you know, cast a wide net, ask in advance, follow up. If you are non-traditional, you know, you can you can have a uh, someone from a career. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to all be academic, but I would try to get at least one academic. And also remember, teaching assistants are fair game. They often know you very well. Um, some of my recommenders who did great did did great for me, or at least it seems that way because it worked out well for me. Were teaching assistants, and I, I knew them very well, right? So and they knew me. So keep that in mind. I hope this episode was helpful. Um, I think, again, I'm just reiterating this because it's important. People get stressed out about getting these letters in. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Just start early. And if you haven't started early, it's, it might be easier than you think. And cast a wide net. Um, but remember to send follow-up reminders because they're human too. And if you just do that, right? This is a fair process, but don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. It's a small sliver. I think more people get into trouble because they build it up and they think I got to do all this stuff and they procrastinate or they don't get it in time or they have someone's going to write them a great letter, but then they don't follow up with them or they lose touch. Make the requests early, be polite, send follow-ups and that's it. Keep it simple. It's, it's a lot more doable than people think. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening. One tip to use your time with this podcast effectively. Take a look at the list of previous episodes. They're named by topic, so you can prioritize your listening based on specific areas where you need help the most. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Please do subscribe to the LSAT Habits Podcast and share these episodes with friends. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to reach out to me and check out my website. Again, it's jdlsat.com. That's jdlsat.com.